Hello, everyone. This is Aspet Bedrosian. And this is Hovik Manucharyan. And we are doing an almost daily touch base with Gevis Gajian on the latest conditions during the Artsakh blockade. Gev is with the ANC in Artsakh, Nagorno-Karabakh, and he lives in Stepanagerd. Today is January 24, 2023, and this is day 44 of the Artsakh blockade. So we're up to a 44-day blockade of a peaceful population of 120,000 people by Azerbaijan. Hey, Gev. Uh, hello, Gev. How are you doing? Hi, guys. Good to be on. So today is January 24, the 44th day of the blockade. Uh, tell us what's new. So, uh, you know, something different that's happened today in light of all of the things that we've mentioned throughout the weeks. Uh, today, they officially shut down all of the gas stations uh, in Artsakh. And uh, I want to just, you know, touch briefly on what that affects here. Our entire transportation infrastructure is at this point completely shot down. Um, the only things operating, you know, when you walk through Stepanagev are a few of the cars that have uh, gas left in there and some of the public transportation, like the buses. But, you know, if we at a certain time had like 20 buses running at once, now we you'll see like two. Um, and that, again, affects every layer of society here. So... Uh, kids that need to go to school, uh, not all of them are in a highly populated area, like a densely populated area where the schools are close by. For folks in the villages and stuff that have to drive like 10, 15 minutes a day, uh, that greatly hampers the kids' ability to get to schools. On top of that, uh, again, we're in the winter months, people get sick, people need to go to the hospital. Um, we're having issues with that. People getting to work we're having issues with that. Uh, two days ago was the last day, I believe, that I, I saw one of the gas stations operating. And it, as far as I can re recall, there was like half a kilometer long uh, line. Uh, and some folks were in there for, I was talking to a few guys today, some of them were in there for two and a half hours and then had to leave their cars there because the, at a certain point, they said they were all out. And folks were already running out of gas waiting in the line. So, uh, you know, down the street from where I live, uh, you see like four or five cars like in, in a line parked to the side because their cars, the gas ran out waiting uh, for it. Um, and the so we're on like the second day that there hasn't been gas. And that's the effect now. Just to reiterate for our listeners, there has been no gas for two days. Spotty electricity with six hours of the of outage every day. And today, I guess there is no transportation now because, you know, most automobiles in uh, Armenia and Artsakh operate on um, LNG. It's, it's basically regular methane that comes out of your stove. Yeah. So like 30% of the cars here ran on like benzene, gasoline, diesel. Um, those haven't been driven for over a month now uh, because those only come through through the corridor. Um, and the rest of the cars that remain that run on compressed gas are now largely 95, 90% of those are largely shut down as well now. So, Gev, also, we all watched the interview that Ruben Vartanian gave to BBC Hard Talk and that jackass by the name of Sakur. But I wanted to um, get your impression about how Ruben Vartanian performed, how Artsakhtis see his performance. You know, let us know what you think. Yeah, look... Uh, Mr. Barthanian's a, a bright guy, uh, and, and he's competent in a lot of areas. Uh, to bluntly state it, like, his biggest strengths aren't, you know, 
uh, his like cadence or interview capacity and stuff. I wouldn't notch that as one of his biggest strengths, but watching this interview, he did pretty well. Um, and for those that are kind of unaware with, of that show and that segment, it, it is kind of a bully ball game there uh, where he, he asks tough questions. He tries to rile on the, the people he has up. Um, but I think a good comparison uh, to that is if you juxtapose that with Pashinyan's interview uh, that he had, uh, I believe it was like a year or so ago on that same uh, TV show, I think Rupen uh, performed far above and beyond uh, that. So uh, the, the questions were difficult. Uh, a lot of times they try to kind of, if you guys have noticed, they'll try to slight him um, for being a businessman in Russia or this or that. Um, but his ability to stick to the point, his ability to talk about how this is an active campaign of ethnic cleansing, in, in my opinion, and I work in like the PRL, uh, he did better than I expected. Yeah, and I wouldn't say BBC Hard Talk is just asking hard, hard questions. They are actually being very inflammatory and negative about the whole thing. I'm surprised that Vartanian didn't come out and say, what kind of a billionaire am I giving up my comfortable life and coming and sitting down in, in the middle of a leading uh, a, a people in the middle of a blockade? Let me see them ask questions like that to Aliyev or even try, you know, something uh, like that. I don't think he would have the guts to ask Aliyev that. And I also don't think Aliyev would go on. So the other part that struck me about this interview was, remember when he said, that you have this tiny enclave, you're suffering economically, you no longer seem viable, and your only realistic options are either to work out some kind of a political deal with Azerbaijan or pack up and leave Nagorno-Karabakh. And I thought, what the hell are you talking about? And, you know, do you remember during the Second World War when you are getting bombed to hell by the Nazis? Did you, were your options only to get to talk to Hitler or to pack up and leave to the middle of the Atlantic? We live here. This is, this is our homeland. It's not like we're squatters here. Absolutely. And even a, a more you know, modern parallel that we can draw, uh, draw something that's happening today. Um, and it's actually counterintuitive to the narratives that BBC uh, or the same hosts are pushing today. Um, they would never think twice about uh, you know, approaching uh, Ukraine or Zelensky with that same thought frame, uh, normalizing the narrative of the oppressor saying, you know, uh, this war is tough on the people of Ukraine. If you just come to a deal with Putin, uh, if you just bend the knee, if you just uh, concede here and there, the war can end. They don't think about doing that. But when we here in, you know, uh, Artsakh are dealing with an existential crisis, the narrative comes down of, well, you know, you should give in to ethnic cleansing a little bit. You should give in to your human rights, your dignity, your state. Uh, you could even sort of qualify that by saying, you know, I think that the level of hatred, ethnic hatred, religious hatred, if I dare say so, you know, as, as bad as things are over there, is not the same as here. I mean, the the, the, the end of Armenians is being signaled by uh, Aliyev, and it's, you know, you guys are going to be ethnically cleansed, and you're gonna, you guys are going to be genocide. You guys are, and that's what we have to face. Absolutely. Okay. All right. The only other thing I guess I have to say is that today I said today is the 44th day, and I automatically cut myself because sometimes, or you know, when we count the days, we set the expectation that this is uh, both you know, normal and, uh, but at the same time, we also sometimes may set the expectation that it, things may uh, soon be 
alleviated. And unfortunately, like, especially after having this today, we recorded with Tevan Pogosian, and he basically said that this uh, blockade will not be lifted anytime soon. You know, I don't want to even go where it means, but you know, what do you think should be our role here? Should we continue yeah. doing these things daily and uh, bring to light like issues like this? Uh, but also, uh, you know, how do we how do we communicate that this is going to be a long term struggle? It appears. Yeah, for folks listening at home, we it, it's a normal human psyche tendency. I don't blame anyone. Uh, but the longer you go through something, the more it becomes normalized. But I would tell the folks listening at home that every day that this goes on, when we say this is day 45, 46, 47, it's not just another day of this blockade. It's another day that this blockade becomes harder. Uh, our resources here are finite. Uh, as we talked about the gas and uh, uh, other things that we mentioned earlier today. Um, and every day that goes by, uh, regardless of, you know, how strong people are or whatever, it, remember this for those uh, at home, it becomes tougher. The situation beca- becomes more grave. It does not become more more normalized. People don't get used to it more. People here have less resources, less food, less medicine, less energy. Um, and, and that's what I would leave folks uh, with. All right. That's all for today. Thank you, Gev. Good to be on, guys. We'll talk soon.